Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. We have a very interesting episode for you guys today. It is Heather and Devin and I. We will be talking about the James Gunn produced and written by his brother's movie, Bright Burn. As always, we will be talking about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between. So we are going to start it off with the person that watched this, the most recent, with Devin. Hey, Cinefans. I am hot out of the theater. I just got done watching Brightburn. And let's start off with what I enjoyed about this film. I really do enjoy the premise of this film. I think it's a really interesting idea. The thought of a super being coming to Earth and ended up being evil and not helping us really being the antithesis of Superman is a really cool idea. Uh, and a really, and you can do some really interesting things in this film does do a few interesting things with that premise. I also thought it had some really good visuals from time to time. You get a chance to see, um, Brandon Breyer or Brightburn or whatever you want to call him, uh, in his, um, get up. And it was really, really cool. It was very intimidating and scary, especially when his eyes were glowing red. There are some really cool scenes of, of him killing and destroying people, which are quite inventive. And I was really happy that they went with more of a horror route to this, uh, because it was, it, 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 normally I really don't like jump scares. Normally they don't get me, but it started me like twice and they used their jump scares really effectively because there would be times where I was like, whoa, where did he go? But it all made sense because, you know, he's a super fast super being. So they use jump scares very, very well. And they use the visuals very, very well. And I also think that uh, Elizabeth Banks was the perfect parent in denial I've worked with kids for a while, and uh, that's exactly how they act. You can have like a child who's pure evil eating a cat while you're talking to the parent about how they eat cats. And they'll be like, no, 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 no. You're just confused. He's not eating that cat. He's shaving it with his teeth. So those were a few things that I did enjoy about this film. Heather, your turn. Yeah. Okay. So I do agree. I think that the idea and the premise of this movie is really cool, which is the reason I wanted to watch it in the first place, you know? So um, I do think they just, they had a lot of things that they, um, that they really could have done so much with. And just the potential of the story, I think is really good. Elizabeth Banks is probably the best thing about this movie. Um, You're right. She was great as the mom who was just so determined to prove her loyalty to her son and just never turn her back on her son. So she was great at that. Um, it's it's interesting because I did like individually. I liked the people who were the characters in the movie. Uh, David Denham, Denman, I think is his name, the, who plays the dad and Jackson Dunn, who is um, Brandon, who is the, the boy. So um, individually, I think that those characters were were good. Um, I'll talk about the not so great things about that later, but yeah, I did like specifically just individually the characters that they did play. And, um, I do, it's kind of cool. The mysterious thing that they do with like, what is Brightburn? Why is it called Brightburn? And, you know, so then you just find, you kind of get this unfolding of what Brightburn is and what, what that means. And that's their town that they live in. And just this phenomenon that happened. Um, in the town of Brightburn. So it was kind of cool to see how that unfolded. It wasn't just something that they 
right away told you that that's what that was. So I did like that aspect of it. The visuals were really cool and they were really good with the jump scares. I will say that because there's a lot of times when people try to overdo it with those jump scares and those just the loud or the out of nowhere things. Uh, This movie, I think, did actually do that really well. So I will give it credit for that. And um, yeah, I mean, I just think that um, the yeah. And I mean, I just think I do think that the acting performances themselves were good in this movie or they were they they worked well for what this movie was. So that will be my likes on this. Wow, guys, are we like trying to break a like a speed record or something? (laughs) Right. (laughs) We haven't gotten to the dislikes yet. No, We're we're going to slow it down. Don't worry. We'll, We'll slow it down. I mean, six minutes in and damn, you guys are already out of light. Bye, guys. I mean, guys Thanks sound, for joining. You guys, you guys sound like me. We're learning from you. All You're right. rubbing off so, on us. So as far as likes go, I mean, I guess like like you guys say, or say like you guys said, um, it has a ton of potential here because, I mean, let's let's not mince words here. This is what if Superman was evil. Right. Like, that's exactly what this story is, is what if Superman was evil? or you know turned evil or however you want to word it that's exactly what this is and i guess the weird thing about how this movie is timed is that that used to be a very very new and fresh concept back in the day but at this point when it comes to comics when it comes to everything like that i mean they've told a version of this story numerous numerous times and the thing i was looking forward to the most with this was actually seeing it implemented in a horror fashion. And to that regard, I think it did hit sometimes like really well, very effectively um, with how they kind of combined elements from from horror stories that were like kind of like more supernaturally based at like when it comes to like ghosts or demons or stuff like that. They took elements of those stories and kind of rolled them into this, you know, like with him moving so fast that, you know, it would seem like things just happened. Um, and so, you know, that was kind of reminiscent of like ghosts interacting with things in movies. Um, but in this one, you knew what it was. You knew it was the um, it was him just moving super fast. Uh, I did like that. They also kind of took a page from this story called Invincible, which is an image comic story written by Robert Kirkman. Who, if you don't know who that is, that's the guy that also writes or, you know, writes the Walking Dead comics. Um, And so the story of Invincible is like, well, what if Superman was sent here to take over the Earth? And they kind of rolled some elements of that into this uh, with, you know, the the, his alien ship was speaking to him at one point and it it was saying, take the world. You know, so it was kind of him sent there. They kind of did a, a a unique way of foreshadowing it earlier when they were talking about the difference between bees and wasps. Um, with him uh, saying that there's a type of wasp that um, lays its eggs for other insects to raise um, because it, it's essentially so dominant over them and so aggressive. And essentially, that's kind of what he ended up being in a way. He was uh, a wasp in that scenario. You know, he was more or less sent here to be just raised by, you know, humans until he reached the age of whenever he could just take over the world. Um, I do also like the fact that at, towards the end of the movie, they had an Alex Jones character uh, played by. Uh, oh, what's his name? I want to say Mickey Rourke, but I know that's wrong. Michael Rooker. Yes, Michael Rooker. I had the initials right. Um, yes, close. Michael Rooker um, was 
the Alex Jones type. And they also alluded to the fact that there were also alternate versions of an Aquaman and a Wonder Woman in this world. Yeah, that was funny. You know, they had the the fish person and they had the uh they alluded to what was it, a witch choking people with a rope. Um so that was an interesting uh development towards the end. And they also did this thing where uh they alluded to the fact that he wasn't the only thing that landed that night. Uh when his mother was looking up stuff on the internet when it came to the comet, uh that was ultimately his ship, it also shows like seven other ones falling. Mm-hmm. Um so that you know that was just an interesting little thing too um you you could tell that they put a lot of thought into the type of world they were trying to build with this you know or like what the ramifications would mean with it like i did i did like you know the end of it where and i'm talking about the very very end when it's just kind of some cuts of news footage yeah and plane crashes and it's just him they're fucking things up you yeah, know, I like that. That was a very interesting way of doing that, and I liked that aspect of it. Um, and 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 like you said, that the, you guys said the, I really do think the parents did a fairly good job of portraying a lot of the stuff. Like Elizabeth Banks playing that, you know, desperate mother was good. I liked Roy from The Office, um, playing the dad that was very fatherly until he just decided he wasn't going to be anymore. <laughs> yep. Um, you know that was fine. Look at the flowers. Uh, yeah, right, right. It was very much that moment, or you know, like the <laughs> easy Lenny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the old you know old yeller just you know started slobbering too much. Um, had to do that you know woodshed moment. Um, so I like uh, I liked a lot of that, and and like Devin said, I really did like the look of that costume for for whatever reason. Because when you really think about it, it's kind of stupid. It's like a beanie that's sewed together with a shoelace, but I think it really kind of rivals. Uh, a lot of the 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 facial the facial accoutrement of a lot of your horror villains in a lot of ways it just really ended up seeming more sinister than it should be because it was kind of just a decorative bank robber mask and it kind of works like a saggy baklava i could see that you know but it just especially when it was kind of juxtaposed over his long sleeve polo shirt you know so that was it was it was an interesting design choice that I do think ultimately paid off. Um, I do think we have probably some more things to go into this next section because I do find myself wanting to say some things that would be more on the dislike of things. So I guess we can go ahead and transition to that, which this really is uh, probably a record for us. We're not even 15 minutes in and we're already on the dislikes, I guess. But all right, so for dislikes, I'd ultimately have to say, um, fuck this movie. <laughs> like, fuck James Gunn and his brothers. Like, you had an awesome fucking story and you fucked it up bad. Like, it just wasn't there. Like, you, you have the story of evil Superman and you somehow turn it into, what if Damien from The Omen was Superman? Right. Like, you know, you, you, you spend like a whole 10 minutes at the beginning of this movie saying that this kid was good and then another hour and a half of not even showing it once like essentially as soon as he went evil he was just 100% evil the rest of the way yeah like you never had that moment of him possibly not being evil and that's something you truly need in a movie like this like you need to see that conflict you need to see um that coming to terms with things you need to see that dilemma 
because at a certain point, once he turns evil, you never think he's not going to be evil. Like the movie doesn't even really try to to even make that a point, except for the fact of Elizabeth Banks character constantly saying she doesn't want to give up on him. But it just feels just stupid at a certain point. Like I understand from a mother's point of view, you know, she doesn't want to give up on her child and she never will because I mean, she only says that like 90,000 fucking times in that movie. But at a certain point, you just got to go, yeah, no, my son's a murderer and that's bad. And it just really never felt like her character truly got there. And that's just dumb. And then, oh man, I've got a lot to say. The way he also develops his powers and uses his powers was just too fucking fast. I mean, this kid goes from not having any powers whatsoever to he is 100% in control of every aspect of his powers, like to a better degree than most adults can even walk that have been walking all their lives. And, you know, like they, they didn't show any development with that. And like, so whenever they went from, you know, we're going to tell the story of an evil Superman, but we're also going to do it under the guise of a creepy child film slash, I guess, traditional monster movie. It ultimately never really comes across the proper way. I think the better way to to have handled this movie would be if they actually went body horror with it. And not that he's like mutating and changing like to that, but actually do it in the, in the way that like once he started, once he hits puberty, his powers start to develop. And so he starts freaking out from it. Like instead of having the scene where he intentionally breaks that girl's hand in a very stupid way, why, why couldn't they have it be like he accidentally does it? Yeah, I agree. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. Yes. So then, the, then everyone turns on him and starts calling him a freak. And you can still have that scene where that, you know, the mother, the, the, little girl's mother is in there and saying terrible things about a child because that's just something parents do these days. And I'm not saying that that's a knock on the movie. That really is something that parents do these days. And, you know, so, and have that. So instead of having him like stare at chickens for nine hours and then go back and kill them later, why couldn't he have been staring at the chickens and then like his heat vision accidentally went off and that's how the chickens got massacred. And then, so he's kind of freaking out about that. And his parents are like, what'd you do? What'd you do? And he's like, I don't know. He was just standing there and all of a sudden they were like them. They're like, no, bullshit. That doesn't happen. Even though they know he's an alien, they can simply be like, bullshit. That just didn't happen. And he'd be like, I don't know. And so he, he can be having this whole dilemma of he's like, I'm not a monster. I'm not a monster. And, you know, everybody just keeps calling him a monster. And then finally the fucker snaps and he's like, I'll fucking show you a monster. And then he goes on a rampage. Like that makes so much sense for a movie like this. I felt, I thought that's what the way they were going to play this movie. You know, but having him have no seeming, seemingly like redeemable quality whatsoever, like within 10 minutes of the movie starting, like it just devolves so fast into like this mess of just visuals and wasted potential that you just ultimately have nothing to cling on to after a certain point. And while I'm at it, they completely waste an entire fucking scene about him having cutting himself on his own fucking spaceship. That was just a gigantic waste of my fucking time. It was a gigantic waste of their time. They wasted studios money on that because they filmed a scene that ultimately just had zero fucking point of being in that entire fucking movie because they make this whole point to like really showcase like, oh, his spaceship cut him. And that is literally the last time that ever it matters in that movie is that scene. I'm like, so you sat there and wasted the special effects and stunt team by actually having to come up with the stunt and make it safe for somebody to fall down that little fucking, you know, thing. And then you had to like waste the special effects on that fake wound thing on his hand. 
And then you had to waste like catering's time because, you know, that probably took like a day to set up and do all that stuff. So, you know, then you wasted more money on catering instead of it just, you know, not going towards the shoot that day. You know, there's just so much fucking waste in that fucking scene. And especially with how they, you know, were kind of big on making callbacks to other aspects of things like him being a wasp, you know, him being the wasp and quote unquote, like they foreshadowed something that at least they could have attempted to do something with later i'm not saying that somebody had to use the spaceship and like defeat him and in the movie but i'm just saying like the mom could have like tried to hit him with the like part of it or something just try to make that scene matter at some point later on in that movie now the only possible way that that scene's ever going to matter is if we get a sequel and dear god Please i just don't. i could not want a sequel for a movie like a movie more than this like i would rather see venom 2 than this <laughs> Because at least I know there are stories with Venom that I might end up caring about that they could film. I don't really feel like that's going to be the case with this because of how much they wasted this. I'm done ranting for now. I'm sure I'll think of something again later. So we'll, we'll move on to you, Heather. What did you not like about Brightburn? Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like they just they did kind of just the bare minimum that they could do with this movie. And there was so much potential. And so it just made it really disappointing would probably be the best word for it. And just kind of the actions of everybody in this movie. Like it's, you know, like we talked about a little bit, Elizabeth Banks and her character and how she was just so loyal to her son. And just like, I'm never going to turn my back on him. I'm never going to, you know, I'm never not going to support him kind of thing. But it's like, you know, that she sees these things going on. And also just the other adults in this movie too. Like the dad, I did like his character in general, because he did good at playing that, you know, the good, you know, kind hearted dad up until the very end. But because that turn was so quick, I was just like, what? You know, like he was just like, oh, this is my buddy and I love him so much and we're bonding and all these things. And then just out of nowhere, he's like, all right, well, my only option is I got to kill him right now. Like, <laughs> and even if that was his only option, it's like there was just no buildup to that it was just one extreme to the other and it was just very i don't know jarring because you're like okay well what led you to that point like i mean we see a little bit of probably i guess more a little bit with um with the dad than the mom and how they turned on on what they were saying um so it was like i don't know like he he his transition and how he felt about his son was more clear but it was still just like Oh man, now I know what this kid is doing. And oh, all right. Well, I guess uh I guess that's it. I guess it's done for and I gotta be the one to kill him. And just it just was it felt really out of nowhere and no build up to that or anything like that. So that kind of was weird. And also the um the the aunt or the sister, the one who was also his counselor. I'm also just kind of questioning her actions too, because she heard what this kid was saying when she talked to him. And the kid came to their house at night by himself and basically threatened her. And she didn't even call the parents to tell them. She didn't even say just like, hey, sis, your son is here. And he definitely is creeping me out. Like she didn't even say anything to him. And I was like, why would you not? Especially if you know what this kid is being accused of or the things that people are saying about him or you've seen him do like breaking a girl's hand. And you're not just going to tell the parents that the kid just walked over to your house and threatened you if you said anything like it was just super weird like why would she not mention that she was just kind of like okay we'll go away now i'm just gonna text my husband 
Like it was just really, I don't know. It just felt like, shouldn't she have done something about that? So I just question a lot of the actions of the adults in this movie. Even the husband, the one that was super drunk that got his jaw ripped off basically in the car crash that the kid caused. I liked his reaction to the kid better than anyone because he's like, you're completely creeping me out and you pissed me off that you just came in my house. I'm taking you home right now. Like, I don't care what you have to say. Like, that should be a little bit more of a normal response. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was just... But why did just- he drive away and abandon his wife? Like, I just don't understand why that happened. <laughs> that's... Yeah, I guess that's true, too. I mean, yeah, there was just so many, like, weird things. And maybe if it were a longer movie where they had, like, a longer cut of it and they explained a little bit more of these things, it would have been better. But they didn't. They just really did the bare minimum. And they said, like, if from the first 30 minutes of it, the kid, you know, becomes the evil kid. And the, you're right. Like, what Sterling said, the only thing that they showed of his decency was how how well he got along with his parents who weren't really his parents and just the fact that he was a smart kid in school you know and that's basically the only elements of kindness or humanness that they showed to him and after that it was like nope just pure evil very stoic even when they found out even when he found out that the guy was dead which obviously is because he killed him and he wanted him dead but just really like okay like, you know, just very stoic about everything. And um, and I do think that the kid played that part well. Um, um, Jackson, I want to say was his name. Jackson Dunn. I think that's the kid's name. Uh, yes, Jackson Dunn. He did the character really well. It's just they didn't, there was not a lot of substance for him. And there should have been so much more of that. I agree. I think it should have been like, well, what if we see the good in him and we want to root for him more? And then suddenly he turns and he's not this good kid anymore. And then you're kind of a little bit more invested too because you're like, oh, I really want to hope that he's not this person. And I really just want to hope that he's going to get, he's going to become good again. And you just don't see that any other part throughout this movie. So yeah, there's just a lot of not taking action when they should have taken action. And it was just, it just is very lacking because they they did not build on any part of the stories that they should have built on. And like the one turning point for the mom is when the cop comes to the house and is like, hey, does this look like your son's initials? Which first of all, like how many BB initials could there be in that town though? I mean, that could have, like, why did he just assume automatically it's that, you know, <laughs> like where did that even come from? So I was like, well, that's a stretch for why he has reason to be at their house. Because when I saw that symbol, I honestly didn't know that that's what that was supposed to be was initials, you know, but, um, you know, but the, her turning point was just the, the cop or the sheriff coming to her house and saying like, hey, have you seen this before? And then she suddenly has a breakdown after she tells him to leave and dismisses it. And then she has her breakdown. She's like, oh my gosh, everyone else is right. And it's like, well, yeah, of course. Like there just wasn't a good, there should have been a lot more of a defining moment of her realizing that her son was messed up and evil than that. It should have been when, like you could tell she was sort of starting to see it, but then she just kept dismissing it. And then there was like this revelation of, oh my gosh, these initials, that must be it. He really is evil. I feel like the revelation, the complete revelation for her should have been something different that caused that. But um, yeah, I don't know. So it, it just, a lot of the story was just very surface level and it could have gone a lot deeper. And they just, there was so much more potential of what they could have done with all of that. And I do completely agree too about if they had made 
the crushing the girl's hand in accident. That would have been a lot better. And then, yeah, just kind of making it seem like, well, nobody believes me anymore. Everyone thinks I'm this terrible kid. So I'm just going to be a terrible kid. That would have like, you know, I'm just going to embrace my evil now. Like that would have been a more compelling story, in my opinion. So just not like, <laughs> I feel like a lot of what they wanted to do was just show the the violent side of, you know, this this kid like they just they wanted to show just crazy violence like with the 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 mom that gets the the shattered glass in her eye and the guy who's run off the road and his jaw's completely gone and just all of and like burning through the dad's skull they just wanted these like shock factor moments it felt like because those were the things that seemed to stand out as if that's what they wanted to focus on more than the actual storyline. And I think that that was to their detriment because if they would have expounded on the story more, you would have cared more about those things happening to those characters. Well, you definitely reminded me of more things I need to say. But just in case, Devin might cover those and I won't have to mention them. So Devin, what did you not like about Brightburn? So for me, this is all about storytelling. Um, some people said, some of the center fans actually said that this movie pulled no punches, but I think it pulled a ton of punches by going with the route of this child is now pure evil. They really did miss a lot of human element. And if you're going to go with what if Superman was evil, I'm glad you brought up all of the, uh, the like different universes, Sterling, where Superman is bad. Sometimes he run, lands in the wrong part. There's one where he's raised by Russians and all kinds of other things. You know, the Russians are always bad and there's no good people there, I guess. Um, but I just would have liked for him to have landed and not had such good parents besides his father's sexual advice, which was um, it's OK to jack it and uh, girls are hot. So it's OK to give in to your impulses sometimes, which was the absolute cringe, most cringy <laughs> sex talk I've ever heard in cinema. I mean, <laughs> fuck, that was awful. <laughs> but um <laughs> wow like what kind of like rapist grooming conversation is that for say i don't know i don't know what the hell was up with the dialogue on that one but that was awful but if he wasn't dropped off by the perfect parents then it would have been a lot better if he suffered some abuse at the hands of his parents you know, or some neglect at the hands of his parents. You know, if they could have showed, you know, that dad, he had some pretty violent or pretty aggressive outbursts. And it would have been nice to see those kind of go into abuse from time to time, you know, instead of, you know, he's just a little angry. So you would see where his violent tendencies came from. Where he learned that type of thing, because really Superman is good because of Martha Kent and um Jesus um uh God what's what's his father's name Jonathan yeah Jonathan Kent yeah very good people and they really taught him the values of human life and working hard and blah 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 so on so forth American dream all that stuff like that so they taught him that so if we could have had some antithesis to this if they could have been the not even the exact opposite but just just flawed enough to teach him bad things I think that would have been really really cool and that would have kind of 
submitted that, you know, like maybe, you know, the dad hit him when he was a little kid and he didn't have his powers developed. And then when they're in the kitchen and he's like, no, you're going to tell me what you did because, you know, you killed my friend and he smacks him and then he like breaks his hand on his like hardened skin. You know, things like that would have been really, really cool in this movie. But just going pure evil, I think, was just a huge mistake. So I'm not going to dote on that. We already have said that a 100 times. Another thing is that while the visuals were good, after a while, it was bright burn looking scary in his mask while floating over and over and over and over and over again. So then it began to lose its effectiveness. And that's really bad when the runtime's only an hour and 30 minutes. So seeing that visual the same way 90 times really began to annoy me by the end of the film. I did not want to see that. And I wish they would have kind of poked fun at Superman. Like everybody knows the iconic Superman cover cover of Superman one where he's holding that car over his head. And he's like, you know, he's it's like angled and he's tilting it down. But like if he would have picked up his uncle car and it would have been like that and then like smashed it into the ground afterwards, that would have been really cool. Or if we would have saw him, you know, Superman, you know, when he lifts up the um the plane in um Superman Returns. If you could have seen that, but like reverse of him, like dragging it down and throwing it into that house. If they just would have just kind of done some evil parallels, that would have been really cool. And taken some of those iconic images and turned them into bad stuff. That would have been fantastic. And Heather, you were absolutely right. They chose gore over development a lot of times. And that just really bothered me, which, you know, I love myself a bit of gore. But, uh, you know, that doesn't make a good movie. And one other thing that really got on my nerves is why was he trying to conceal what he was doing whilst writing his initials all over every crime scene? Like he would be <laughs> like, don't tell people what I did, but I'm also going to write my name over here. But don't you say anything about it. But I wrote my name over here like 15 times and over there about 26 times. And 36 times over here. So it, it was just kind of silly to me because he obviously thought he was superior. There's nothing that can be done to hurt him or kill him. So why is he hiding anything? And that really did. That point was hammered home in the post credit scenes because he knocks the plane down. He writes a big ass bright burn sign on one of the sides of the, the wreckage. And then he goes on a murder spree. So why are you covering things up and like if you're just going to just destroy everything that post credit scene got on my nerves because I thought that he was going to use that plane crash as a cover and, you know, kind of get out and kind of start a different life or a new life. And maybe they gave us a little bit of time jump. And, you know, we saw him, I don't know, being a freelance internet blog. I don't know. Blended in society, kind of like um, Ex Machina. You know what I mean? Like something like that. But instead, I was like, well, why did he cover it up? Why did he just not just kill everybody's ass? So I don't know, man. I just I think it was just a, a wasted concept. I really, really do. The storytelling is bollocks. The pacing is bollocks. And the character development is rubbish. People go from loving this kid to hating this kid in a matter of a second. And... 
There is no redeemable qualities in this child. And I just do not believe that his entire childhood, all the way 12 years, went by without him doing anything evil. Because that is one evil son of a bitch in this movie. No, I'm right there with you for that. I mean, it's just one of those things that, like, they never really showed a direct reason for his turn, except for the fact that the ship spoke to him. Like, the ship gave him bad, the ship gave him bad dreams. So, he's evil. And... To touch base on some of the other things you did, you talked about like with the, the whole uh, like birds and the bees conversation. Like, not only was it just the worst one in the history of ever, like you know, <laughs> like the be- the better versions of that are even like in TV where it's like the dad's like uncomfortable and he's like, "So, son, you know, sometimes when a man and a woman and the kid just goes, yeah, I know about sex, dad.'" Like that's still a better version of that conversation <laughs> than what they had because they intentionally kept it so vague that this kid who is incredibly intelligent and they, they do a decent amount of establishing that kind of early in the movie. They kept it so vague that he could intentionally misconstrue that as, Oh, you mean my urges to kill people and to be evil. Right. Yeah. Like that's it's, 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 it's so intentionally ambiguous to allow for that for no fucking reason. You know, and also, why didn't the parents say anything to him about seeing autopsy and biological like right. anatomy pics in his porn stash? I know. I was actually thinking like, that too. Yeah. Like, I don't have any desire to ever have children, but if I ever had a kid and it was a son and I'm like, oh, look, he found the Sears catalog. Oh, look at this. And like, oh, that's just viscera. This kid's going to a doctor <laughs> now. Like, I'm not going to ignore that. I'm not going to be like, well, you know, it's a kink. No, that's like murder shit. <laughs> like, that's not a kink. That's what serial killers have. Like, speaking about not just talking about things, like the lawnmower thing. Like, you ask a kid to mow the yard and you live on a farm, so getting that done is really important. And then the lawnmower is like 150 feet away from your property and just absolutely destroyed. And it was just like, all right, well, let's go to Debo's and get <laughs> get some ice cream. I was just like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on? <laughs> like, that would be a conversation you'd have to talk about. Him eating forks? <laughs> Like he's the fucking iron giant. <laughs> like you have to talk about this. Well, yeah. And like, I mean, and that's, I mean, that's not even scratching the surface. I mean, nobody in this movie has any sort of communication skills whatsoever. Outside of maybe like two times that Elizabeth Banks talked to, talks to her sister, who is a guidance counselor. Other than that, nobody talks to anybody about anything. Like the uncle just buys him a gun for his like what 12th birthday without talking to his parents whatsoever you're buying a kid a deadly fucking weapon and you don't even (laughs) ask even mention that it might be a possibility of you doing that to the parents you just weapon (laughs) schmeppin like i can just get it it's fine like nobody talks to fucking anybody about anything real in this entire fucking community and like and then on top of that too like later on in the movie you see the the girl whose hand he broke's mother is like autopsied and flayed up on the wall of his spaceship room. And yeah, the only logical conclusion I could uh, ascertain from that, that scene is that he did that and just, I guess, sits in there and masturbates to it because apparently that's his porn. 
because there's no other logical explanation of having that scene in that movie because he doesn't do that to anybody else. Yeah, he doesn't hide any other bodies or anything. In the defense, that is kind of a like attention to detail because in his room, across from his bed, there is a diagram of a frog like split open and all of its insides and stuff like that. And so it was kind of like he was. Yeah, and that's the equivalent of a Farrah Fossa poster on his wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, I'm not saying that he probably didn't jack it to that. No, no, but I was just saying there is some point of reference in the film in that, you know, you know, try to give credit where I can in this film. I really don't want to completely bomb on it. You know what I mean? So. Oh, no, I, I give them credit for attention to detail because that exact same situation was in his porn stash. That's why I think he masturbates to that corpse on his wall, because like I said, he doesn't do that to anyone else. Anyone else he kills, he just goes and kills them. He doesn't autopsy them open, you know, and I mean, like you were saying with that whole frog poster, I mean, that really is like that's the equivalent of the Kathy like or the, the Cindy Crawford like swimsuit issue cover like poster on your wall to him. Yeah. But like nobody cares because it's a frog. I bet he was stroking it to frog intestines at some point. I mean, that's the only logical explanation I have for half the shit they showed me in that movie is that this kid masturbates to violence just feverishly. And, you know, I know I talked earlier about like I did appreciate that they they added elements of like your typical scares from a ghost movie into this. But at the same time, also in that scene, when he's terrorizing that little girl with Spotify which I never thought I'd say anybody's being terrorized by Spotify. But when he's terrifying that girl via Spotify, somehow in that kid's ability to ascertain super speed, he's able to a break the sound barrier in that girl's room with no repercussions. And on top of that, he's able to open the laptop, load the page and get it to play in his super speed. Like, so somehow whenever he's interacting with said computer, it is also going at super speed because that is the only reasonable way he can sit there and run over there, open the computer up and have the music play again when she's walking away, like in the blink of an eye. Like I've never had a computer work that fast ever. I don't even think it's physically fucking possible yet. This little like superhero kid can, and it's just a weird way to develop that thing. And it, I'm going back to a trope. I say all the time, it's a weird nitpick. But when I'm watching that scene and that's what I'm thinking about during that scene, guess what fuckers? The movie made me think that like, I'm not just sitting there looking for something. I mean, I gave a fairly positive score to Aladdin and that is in no way, shape or form. Like it just a fantastic fucking movie. But for whatever reason, I was entertained by that. So with the whole like logic of, we'll just turn off your brain and watch a movie. I did that with Aladdin. This movie didn't make me do that. This movie gave me questions. This movie made me think more. And it just to the film's fault was at a detriment to this film where something like a book smart made me think about the world and you know, things around me and stuff like that, you know, like brought in perspectives and, and, and gave you that type of like philosophical mindset at the end of this. This movie just made me think of like, what the fuck was going on when they made this movie? And so it's it's just there's so many fucking things. And like somehow, like just the, the way that he like the way he was going about, like just ramming through that house also bugged me when he was looking for his mother, because like that's not an effective way to find somebody like at all. <laughs> Like if I'm searching for something, I don't just run through my house, just through every open doorway I possibly can nonstop without actually looking in rooms. 
I don't just like run down the hallway and just going, I hope I find what I'm looking for because I'm running down the hallway. But that's essentially what that kid was doing just through the walls of the house. I don't know. I'm just I'm going to end up I'm going to end up going on another rant of where I'm just going to end up just naming almost every scene in this fucking movie. Also, <laughs> dear fucking God. See, this is what's going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. That's why I cut myself off earlier. Whenever he did heat vision blast his dad in the eyeballs. Why was his like his dad's face reacting like it was like a piece of rock getting hit by heat vision? Like, why did it start cracking? Like, why did his skin start cracking like it was rock? Like, I get that it was kind of a cool visual, especially like the way just like the heat vision ultimately just shot out the back of his head. But there's like cracks and crumbling around his eyeballs. I'm like, this is heat. It would just catch a fire like it wouldn't like mineralize it like wouldn't hard bake real fast and petrify and then crackle away apparently i'm the only one bugged by that but god i was fucking bugged by it (laughs) but one thing in the defense of this movie Devin, and i think it's very it's it's to a point you made and i think it's very very apt to the current situation that is happening in the midwest right now and you were talking about the the lawnmower being like 150 feet away from the house and like nobody even questions it i'm I could be wrong. I could be just like juxtaposing Superman or a version of Superman's uh, fictional town of Smallville, which is for whatever reason, always said to be in Kansas, but they don't actually ever say it's in Kansas, but you always picture Kansas with it. I could have sworn they said Brightburn was in Kansas. I could be 100% wrong, but I could. Yeah, they said it was in Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. They said Kansas, Brightburn, Kansas. You're right. Well, I'm just going to say that maybe they thought the tornado, like a tornado through the lawnmower because it's Kansas. And we've got a lot of tornadoes happening right now in America. A lot of NATOs. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to say maybe that's it. Maybe they're just kind of used to shit being thrown around from like tornadoes. Like we've all seen Wizard of Oz. We know Kansas has the weirdest tornadoes of all the fucking states. So I'm going to say that maybe they're just used to lawnmower throwing NATOs. Lawn NATOs. <laughs> Or should it be mower natos? Mower natos. I, I like that better. I like natos better. It rolls off the tongue better. Mm, I prefer a sling nato. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word! That felt dirty. <laughs> I don't like. Not a good dirty either. Like a. I need to take a shower. Like a frog dirty. poster, like a frog poster, di- uh, dissected yeah. frog poster, <laughs> masturbation dirty, <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. That that's how that made me feel. Like. I'm feeling like his parents probably felt when they saw the dissection pictures in his porn, except unlike them, I'm talking to you about how that made me feel uncomfortable and that that's not okay to do. This movie could really learn about communication just via this part right here, because we just did more than they did with him. I can't believe how just nonchalantly they blew that off. It wasn't like they're going through that and then they happen to see like a woman in some like leather and kind of a bondagey thing you know like oh or even even like a mascot outfit maybe the kid's a furry you know they they didn't act like that where they were like oh well that's that's a weird kink i don't get it but hey i guess you know our 12 year old son's a furry no 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 <laughs> yeah they were like it was just like titties 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 entrails 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 is that a guy thing yeah it's a guy thing if you're jeffrey Dahmer, right well yes exactly if if you're ed gein sure that is legitimate porn for Ed Gein. <laughs> oh, no. Not not valid. I mean, not good. But Ed Gein would legitimately masturbate to stuff like that. Not not normal, though. 
if I ever had a kid and my wife came up to me like was like, hey, Sterling, look at your, your son's porn. And I get to the dissection picture and she goes, is that a guy thing? And I would just I would look at her with just utter terror on my face. I'd be like, you need to call the fucking police right now. Like, we need to call the cops. And then now. we got to run for our lives. We got to run. That's not our son anymore. We got to run. And then we're getting a divorce because you're stupid. Just is that a guy thing? If if any guy says yes to that, you are absolutely right, Devin. Then that wife needs to run for her life instantly. Like kind of laugh and giggle and play it off. And you pack your shit up and you get a, as far fucking way as you can as soon as possible. Because any guy that just blows that off and says, yeah, that's a guy thing is also a serial killer. But that's neither here nor there. We might as well end this now. Like, let's put ourselves out of our own misery. <laughs> Before you do a Venom rant again. I'm going to do it again. I feel it. I want to. <laughs> I literally want to start at the opening credits and do like a a commentary, like a director's commentary of just watch every scene. And I tell you all 90 things wrong they did in that scene, because that's what it feels like at the end. Like, and it's, it's not because they actually made a like a bad movie. It's just. This movie is the living embodiment of me in high school of just my parents and my teachers constantly saying I'm not living up to my potential. That's exactly what this movie was. This movie, this is the movie version of me in high school. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great descriptor. Yeah, I just I don't know what else to do with this. Like, I'm just at my wits end. Just I kept telling like I'm sitting there watching Brightburn and I kept telling it like Brightburn, come on, like just apply yourself. Just try. You can do really spectacular things if you just if you just use your aptitude, if you actually just give a fuck about your grades for once. And it just never did. But I guess it graduated because I graduated. You know, they filmed it. It, it. it was in theaters. It only cost like nine million dollars. So like they've oh, they've nine. almost made their money back. Yeah, it's it, if this movie makes like 30 million dollars, yeah, that's a good. I mean, yeah, yeah. If it makes 30 million dollars like worldwide, it is insanely financially successful and it will get a sequel. <laughs> I can almost guarantee it. Like, yeah, it's 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 right there. I mean, it's just I just hope it doesn't. I really don't. I hope I hope James Gunn just gets so distracted by making Suicide Squad and by Guardians of the Galaxy three and all this other stuff that he just forgets to help his brother out and make another one. Like, that's just that's my wish for the future of a mankind is that James Gunn is too busy to help make another one of these. Is that so much to ask? Yeah, I'd put that right above like world peace on my priorities for the future, but like one notch above like or below flying cars, because I think I think flying cars just would settle a lot of problems. But let's end this now. Devin, what's your recommendation and score? I would not recommend you see this film. You have nothing to gain for it. Gain from watching it. Um, Go watch Chronicle. Chronicle is like a much better version of this. That's a good one. Go watch Chronicle and the Iron Giant and you have done yourself a huge favor. Brightburn has a lot of potential, but unfortunately, it does not burn bright. What's your score? Oh, sorry about that. I want to give this five poorly conceived symbols out of ten. Heather, your turn. Um, Yeah, I definitely... And yeah, unfortunately, I would have to say I I also don't recommend this. And I really had high hopes for this film because if they had played it, the horror element of it with the actual um, more intricate story of what it could have been, it would have been such a great movie and it would have been right at my alley of something that I would have loved and recommended. But it just really it falls way too flat. 
And like I was saying before, it just, I mean, it just did the bare minimum to just tell a story and you don't feel like there was any heart in it. You don't really feel like there was a whole lot of like investment in this film from anyone who really made the film, um, which is unfortunate because like everyone was saying, there was such potential for this to be a really good film. But yeah, sadly, I have to say as much as I love Elizabeth Banks and all of that, like nothing against her specifically, because she probably was the best part about this movie. Um, I just, yeah, I don't recommend it. I would probably give it, um, I'm actually going to go four out of 10 shards of glass to the eye. So I'm going to give it about a 40. Well, well, well. Um, first and foremost, without too much of an explanation, um, I would say that uh, probably more than anything, I don't recommend this movie. Even if you've already seen it, um, I think you should try to figure out a way to go back into time and fix it. Like undo it. Like go back in time and undo yourself watching this movie. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Like do back to the future. Thanos yourself out of this. Not even Thanos it. Like back to the future it. Except you want to have a picture of you in front of like the movie theater having just watched this. And go back in time and stop yourself from watching it. So then that way, when you look at that picture, you're no longer standing in front of the theater having just watched it. And you know it's safe to return to the future. Um, it's just, it's really not worth it. If you really want to experience this story uh, in, in an interesting way, um, go read Superman Red Sun. Um, go uh, play Injustice 1 and 2, the video games. And just play the story mode. Just go watch the cutscenes of the story mode on YouTube. Do that. That's a better version of this movie. Um, if you still want more of it, read the Injustice comics. Those are actually very good and very interesting versions of this. It's just what this movie does is not that. You know, this movie just never quite does anything ultimately um, that matters with anything. This this story. It's yeah, they came or they didn't come up with the idea, but they were like, we're going to do a horror movie with Superman. We're going to, you know, we're going to do the the incredibly interesting story of what if Superman turned evil. But instead they went, hey, guys, what if we gave you a movie that is what if Superman went evil in idea only? We're not actually going to make that movie. Our movie is the idea of that not being realized. And then that's what they gave us. So I just, I cannot recommend it. There are just, at this point in time, there are too many good versions of that. And I don't feel like the writer or director or producers of this movie actually understand why the idea of Superman going bad, like why that is a compelling story, why that is an intriguing story, why that's a story that is like fun to tell and fun to watch, like and fun to experience. I just don't think anyone related to this movie understands why that happens. So um, I'm going to give this movie a uh, just a, a I'm just giving it a fucking zero. I'm not giving it a zero of anything. <laughs> I'm just giving it a fucking zero. I'm going to put as much effort into my score that this movie fucking put forth in telling a story. <laughs> it's just it's not there. So other than that, guys, before we close out. At, as of the time of this recording, um, it had been reported on recently earlier today that Kit Harrington, Jon Snow from Game of Thrones, had checked himself into rehab for alcohol and uh, stress-related issues. Now, I've, I've, we have, I have read conflicting reports of, I've seen some that have said he's actually been in it for a month now. 
Um, I've seen some that just say it's it's he's in it and he's going to be in it for a month. But either way, um, just we here at Cinema Slayers do wish that hopefully he, you know, he gets the recovery and the help he needs, because that's just especially not something you want to hear about anybody, especially, you know, um, coming off the heels of, you know, Game of Thrones and our episode we just recorded about how much ultimately we do love Game of Thrones. And, you know, it's just a really sad thing to hear. And we do wish him a uh, happy, speedy, healthy recovery. So uh, shout out to that. I love you, kid. And, uh, and uh, other than that, guys, I'm going to try to not end up doing this outro the same way I normally do, which starts end up going very fast especially just after delivering somber noise but somber noise see now like i'm trying to force myself to go slow and uh now i'm fucking up so somber news um so just check us out cinemaslayers.com cinema underscore slayers for twitter and instagram uh cinema slayers on facebook check us out anywhere there is audio or podcasts or um you know leave us a rating and review on itunes or google or soundcloud or any of the the places you're at uh give us feedback let us know what you think you know let us know uh why we're wrong about bright burn let us know why we're right about bright burn um or game of thrones or any of these other things we've done uh episodes on you know give us feedback we love nothing more than to hear from you guys and uh to create that dialogue because uh ultimately more than anything that's kind of what we love the most about what movies brings to things and that's why we're doing a podcast is the dialogue that movies can uh and tv can can bring out of people so definitely like let us know your thoughts on the things we have said um suggest it to your friends um and so your friends can come tell us how we're wrong that's all fun um other than that guys even though he's not here just remember that according to Justin, moon knight is the best picture winner 